0: Hey, this is Jeff Gannon, and you're listening to the Focus Compounding Podcast, the podcast where Andrew and I talk general investing concepts. To get even more content from me and Andrew, sign up for the Focus Compounding app. The Focus Compounding app costs $7.95 a month. It comes with a bunch of 2,000-word articles from me each week, a fresh batch of five-minute videos from the both of us, along with one bonus extra-long episode of the podcast each Saturday, and immediate access to our complete backlog of 200-plus episodes. To sign up, go to FocusC.com/slash. App or wherever apps are sold. And now here's Andrew with your regular scheduled podcast.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. How's everybody doing? Hope you are doing well. My name is Andrew Kuhn, Focus Compounding, sitting next to Jeff Cannon. Jeff, how are we doing today? I'm doing very well, Andrew. How are you doing? Doing just okay. We hope everyone <laughs> is doing okay as well. In <laughs> today's podcast, we're going to talk about how to spot a business. That Warren Buffett would be interested in, mm-hmm. and we could use Quick FS and look at just some like top line things, maybe kind of like almost like a how to make snap judgments. Okay, um, that he would be interested, in, and then um, you know, kind of go from there. We could pull up long term financials through Quick FS, or we could just sure. you know look at it from the website. Um, what are the first things that he's looking for when right. he looks at a company? So think? I think
0: the first thing we should define this as is we're looking for a business that Warren Buffett would buy, not like a stock and not today. So just helping people identify like what kind of companies he would look for. Right? Correct. All right. So let's try, uh, Domino's DPZ, right? They yeah. just agreed to be sold. Wait, I mean, what? Sorry. I, I meant to tell you Duncan. Okay. I was, was, gonna I say well. Domino's. I was like, D-N-K-N. did they really? DNKN. Yeah, That's correct. They did. Um. So here's an example of the kind of company, because you had just said, uh, uh, Starbucks on a recent podcast that, you know, Starbucks is something that Buffett's never bought. Well, Duncan Brands is the same sort of thing that you could see there. Um, this is an area I'm picking this one because it's an area where I've said he hasn't really made a lot of investments in like fast food and things like that. Um, those sorts of things he just hasn't done, but they match up a lot with the kind of criteria that he would have for a business. So this one's you know too much debt is how it's run with compared to how buffett would buy a business but if we're that how about you buy a company but if we're looking at the actual business you look at those operating margins that you see there right you look at gross margins high and stable and then you have operating margins um that are very high and actually somewhat stable in the sense of that's hard for people to tell but um in terms of the variability versus the margin, which you talked about before, like the coefficient variation. So if you have a 40% margin, it varies 4%. That's the same as a 0.4% um, variation on like a 1% margin, right? So he likes things that grow each year. Um, that's one of the ones that come through very clearly. If you look at like that book, Capital Allocation, mm-hmm. he really likes businesses where they have s- slight growth, not a lot of growth every single year in revenue and earnings which usually also means gross profit almost
1: always i wonder what he does for like watch list purposes like how do you think it comes up on his mind like oh this company is trading here like i just wonder what that process is like for him
0: yeah i don't know my only impression is that he keeps big files on companies Mm -hmm. and then revisits them all the time so something happens to make him like seriously revisit it um we also know he reads all sorts of newspapers all the time so with big companies they'd be kind of covered that way you know so i think that's how he would find them i sure. don't think he has to do much like hunting for companies unfortunately because the only things he could buy are things that are that big like mm-hmm. here's
1: a couple an example.
0: of the biggest companies. i was asked in one of these podcast things for companies over 10 billion duncan isn't even a 10 billion i mean it'll, yeah. when it's sold now it will be over 10 mm-hmm. billion but it's not even a 10 billion dollar market cap company so um you can imagine buffett can't buy a lot of things like that
1: Um, uh, then, okay, so typically when he's looking at these companies, right, and I guess we kind of talked about this with like Apple and IBM, Mm. if it's trading cheap at such a large market capitalization you know i mean does that mean that there could be like a temporary issue with the business or just something going on i mean how do you think he sort of handicaps those odds
0: i guess you would want ones that are um well we can do another one which is ccl because that's a good example because it's really big and has a temporary problem do you think he'd be interested in ccl i think he could be interested in cruise companies um i could definitely see that uh i don't know that he would like them enough in terms of their returns on capital it's a little complicated because returns on capital aren't the same as cash flow numbers and things, but I've always thought it's a possible industry he could look at because Carnival in normal times and these other ones would be $10 billion or more. There would sometimes be a potential opportunity to buy all of them. The problem you can see here is that Carnival's returns on capital have sunk so much, but it was really only in the history of the company, the only time it's really had low returns on capital, like unacceptably low, are in the... Um, about seven, let's see, is a little bit more than that? No, about seven years or so after the financial crisis. So they were very high before 2000 and they had gotten back up before COVID to levels that would be acceptable to Buffett in terms of like his utilities and his Burlington Northern. So if you're gonna own Burlington Northern, you're gonna own utilities, then it's possible that you would own a um, cruise company. Mm -hmm. And they're big enough in the area that he would um, like be looking for purchases. They're incredibly stable usually except for macroeconomic sort of thing. The same as like a railroad in terms of their margins, um, which you can see uh, like the financial crisis caused declines in margins and things like that. Mm -hmm. But overall very stable. It's the only things that can go wrong are like financial stuff. So all cruise lines make money every year, generate some cash flow, all that sort of stuff, except to the extent they have to pay debt and things like that. Um, So like operationally they're very, uh, stable but financially they might not be which is the exact kind of thing you want to put into Berkshire You know,
1: where do a lot of their revenue growth come from is it raising prices Is
0: it no prices don't rise they fall often in the industry so it's through incredible passenger growth the industry has had just tremendous passenger growth since it started and you know consistently has yeah you're
1: like because they've made the experience better different type of venues and stuff like that i say they
0: made the experience cheaper versus other vacations mainly and mm-hmm. then also you have repeat people So getting someone to repeat once they have taken a cruise or taken a couple is a lot easier than convincing someone who's never taken one. Mm -hmm. That's the hard part of the business. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah. Right about online. There's some people that live on cruise ships basically permanently because mm -hmm. nursing homes are way too expensive. So it's cheaper to be on a cruise ship.
0: Well, that might be true. Yeah. Um, cruise ships are pretty cheap and nursing homes are pretty expensive. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know someone that they were what kind of nursing home was she in? I forget, but it was like six to eight thousand a month. Just yeah. Absurd.
0: Well, I mean the cruise ships don't give you care. That's uh, correct. They don't take care of you medically. But if yeah. your only thing is you need a place to be, then yeah. Um no, I mean they're very competitive. I think you've seen they're very competitive with like um other when you do an all in basis mm-hmm. with the I mean they're just cheaper. They it's not even that they're very competitive with the idea of like if you picked for yourself a hotel, place to eat, whatever things and all that that stuff. Now, for lots of people the choices you're going to get on a cruise are just so limited and you're going to be so crowded in with people and everything that you might not enjoy it. It's a different experience, but it is a way of getting huge scale benefits. Mm-hmm. I just think it's an industry where you could look where he could look or something Buffett and see there's very predictable over time and everything and that the biggest companies would be some of the biggest leaders in it
1: that's what i was going to ask you like when you think he's evaluating the industry what do you think he's looking for that's
0: it staying power
1: been around for a while will it be
0: around forever and will the structure be a lot the same because he bought into car dealers and i think that's a real reason for doing that is i think that's one of the few industries that looks like the structure will be the same and the leaders who are there now will be leaders in the future he's talked sometimes about survival of the fattest that's definitely mm-hmm. the case in cruise lines there's huge economies of scale so if you're trying to start up a fourth or fifth place cruise line you're at a big disadvantage um, to being one of the biggest ones already there it's much harder to create a cruise line today than it was 40 years ago because the, um, concentration has led to scale benefits that have made them more efficient. Mm -hmm. So you don't have the scale they do. So it's hard to catch up to them. Um, you know, sort of like, um, any of those businesses that are the, like he says, survival, the fattest businesses. The problem here is the asset intensity is very high. A Buffett, um, early Berkshire Hathaway Buffett would never consider a business like this, but I think it's possible you consider a cruise line Um, because they have so much capital to deploy and they've become so accepting of um, lower returns on equity. I know that if you look at the record right here, they look really bad, the returns on equity. Um, But similar to like banks and things like that, I think their returns were only that low because of macroeconomic conditions. Um, There's a weird combination of them. Oil prices were very high and no one wanted to vacation. Which are the two things they really depend on? The cruise lines, so they they would cruise lines would benefit the most if everyone wanted to go on vacation and no one wanted to use oil. Um, normally, the two kind of stay a little bit more in balance, you know. So, like in a good economy, you have kind of high oil prices, and in a bad economy, you have kind of low oil prices. But um, that hasn't been the case. It was should have been set up to be the case, except for the COVID mm-hmm. um, actual shutdowns, because oil prices came down a
1: lot. Let's look at INTC. Yeah, which is a company that a lot of people are talking about recently because it looks very cheap. Mm-hmm. Eight times earnings, ten-year median margins on EBIT uh, about twenty-nine percent, EV to sales twenty-seven yeah. percent. So it's kind of in that wheelhouse. I mean, do you think he'd ever look at a company like Intel? And you know, I mean, it looks pretty predictable. It's been around for a while. I mean, but you have have a change in gross margins. How do you think you would look at a situation like this?
0: So I think. I know that a computer screening for what Buffett would look for would definitely spit back this uh-huh. answer. Yeah. If you didn't know, you basically built the computer was, screen that on yeah, Google if, if, you, if you don't know what the um, industry this is in, if you don't know anything about the business, this is exactly what a Buffett business looks like. It has almost no declines in revenue, right? Gross profit margins are high and mostly pretty stable. Um, We've seen more stable gross margins before, but these are still pretty stable. I mean, considering what it's in, you would never guess this was a tech company. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have very strong operating margins. I mean, they have like Google or whatever type operating margins with, again, same sort of variability as before. Like maybe it's varying by 5% or something over um, around 30%, you know, up or down 30%. Uh, Then it's very cheap based on what it's trading at now in the sense that you're getting it for less than 10 times average pre-tax earnings probably you, you kind of look at it that way so um and then all the other measures are what you'd expect for a buffet business right like much better returns on capital and things like that the growth rate even is like right in the buffet kind of rate right yeah, i mean it's like pretty it's, good
1: it's, i mean seven percent Kager over yeah. the past 10 years mm-hmm.
0: my suspicion would be no because of what it does but only because of what it does so if you want to just look at this like 10 years this is exactly what the kind of business Buffett looks for um, but I could be wrong with those things because like he hasn't really done a lot in food stuff and I would guess that he would do more in food based on the kind of things he likes. I was going to ask you, Intel.
1: Yeah. And I was going to ask you that too. Like outside of C's candies, has he ever invested in any other like candy or anything like that? I mean, regularly chewing gum, correct?
0: Yes. Oh, you know what we should put in? Yeah. Let's put, uh, let's try, uh,
1: can you do Hershey? Yeah. Hershey. That seems like that would be right in his wheelhouse. He would buy that. He yeah. can't but uh, why is that are they controlled yeah
0: yeah i don't people listening to this might know better than me but historically they've been controlled by the hershey trust Mm -hmm. and so they could sell like the whole company but and there have been discussions about doing that so i don't think it's like it could never be sold but i think it's not as good as like a family that wants to sell out to you and stuff but this is definitely one that i he i would imagine him being interested in and i think he's used as an example before Mm -hmm. hasn't he yeah Like he's used Wrigley and I know he invested a little in Wrigley, um, through the Mars, uh, you know, when the Mars, um, acquired Wrigley, Mm -hmm. but, um, he's, uh, I think he's used both Hershey and Wrigley as like examples sometimes of, you know, not stocks that he owns, but like, will this keep having a brighter future and everything? Um, so it has all the features that we talked about before, some revenue growth all the time, pretty stable operating margin, right? Mm -hmm. Um, now, it's lower but it, than something like Intel, but it's very stable. Um,
1: and then... Yeah, all that looks really good, just not that cheap.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is nowhere near as cheap, no. Um, well, because for the Buffett reasons, I guess, like Intel, for instance, I know that people are concerned about them being in a worse technology position now, uh, relative position, than they had been. That, like, they're entire history depends on them being uh the leader right um that's not going to be a concern with hershey you know so these companies that aren't that are low tech rarely ever trade at low prices tootsie roll is a really interesting one i know a couple of value investors who like it and have owned it and it always surprised me because it always seemed to have incredibly low growth yeah look and at that. very Rabindu high growth. very high price on the stock to me all the
1: time mm-hmm. but is it just because of the name <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I think so. Although, you know, we should point out people listening in the rest of the world. I don't think anyone like in the UK or something even knows what a tissue roll is. I would have to um, check if that's true. Yeah. But I think because it's it has a strong domestic position, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have much of a position anywhere else. Um, whereas some of the other candy companies do have some in, in other countries, you know. Um, yeah, and th- that one, I don't know if the it was, uh, there was a couple, and I assume that they've died by this point. Um, who controlled
1: uh, Tootsie Roll. So. Interesting. Yeah, Starbucks Corporation. Did Buffett, do you think, would you consider his Dairy Queen acquisition successful?
0: Yeah, as far as I know, Dairy Queen's been quite successful. Yeah. Now that was franchised. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they would have done that if it wasn't franchised, but that was like, like Duncan and those things. Sure. So yeah. yeah. Um, I think he has said about that though that that's one where he was glad to buy the entire company rather than buying the stock interesting because of the situation and same thing with like duncan would i ever think of buffett as buying the entire company um much more likely than buying the stock or something like mm. that because then he control capital allocation be able to do that with a franchise thing it's all free cash flow that you're getting mm-hmm. so i think that's an important part of the decision making is like would he
1: control it yeah so starbucks corporation mm-hmm. a company that i'm very surprised that he has never purchased he doesn't like coffee i don't think he drinks coca-cola as as know, instead
0: doesn't drink any coffee yeah no
1: um munger drinks coffee because okay. i've seen that in person but i wonder if he would ever be interested in starbucks at the right price probably
0: that's one where i would think he would be the ones i would think would be duncan somewhat mm-hmm. but Domino's and starbucks very big really big because to me because they're low price high frequency and they're particularly um yeah that I'd say they're particularly difficult to differentiate yourself from others. This is the weird thing about the Buffett approach versus like when I try to explain to people, I think a lot of people are like, Oh, is it the strongest brand or is it, does it, is it the best at whatever thing and do that? I think Buffett often is thinking more like how can this be, even if it's pretty much the same product as other people are selling, it still wins. So he's talked about it with newspapers, you know, he's like once, you know, the Buffalo evening news and stuff, Even when he said, we're a great newspaper and we win awards for things and we publish the most news versus advertising stuff, he says, there's really nothing that encourages a leading newspaper to actually maintain quality. Once you're the leading newspaper, you're the leading newspaper because you're the leading newspaper, not because you're any good. Mm -hmm. Um, You may have become the leading newspaper because you were good. Sure. But from that point on, it doesn't matter. And Starbucks is in that. You know, like originally differentiating themselves from others mattered. But then you get to a point where it's like, okay can you copy anything any others do? And how hard is it for someone to copy you? Because now you have a loyalty program. You're in more places around the country so people can use, and if they're paying by like an app and things like that, is it a little bit more of an inconvenience? Domino's is the same idea. Like at their price point, how do you compete with Domino's if people are using the apps, doing more frequent ordering, things like that. Um, That changes it from a generation ago when it was as easy, there was no kind of switching cost with Starbucks or something right next door. You didn't have any like benefits to using Starbucks. Then then they introduced rewards programs and all sure. those things to try to keep people. There's big benefits to a name that you'd see anywhere in the country. So you know as opposed to like just one that you didn't know locally and yeah, all like that the familiarity. Thing. Yeah, and I think the app thing I would guess would be something that would interest Buffett is the increasing use of apps for things like for those that developed it. Um, more useful, easy to use ones and stuff for companies that had very high frequency of use. So like Starbucks and Domino's, I think of that Mm -hmm. way, you know? Um, And that's why I think it's very different than a restaurant business. I'd have a very hard time imagining Buffett ever getting involved in like real restaurants. So if people are like, do I think you're buying to Starbucks or Olive Garden first? I think Starbucks, you know? Um, But I know people group them together and I just think that I could imagine him investing in Wendy's and McDonald's and Starbucks and Domino's and things like that, but not Cheesecake Factory. Now, the other reason why I mentioned Starbucks is because it's actually such a big company that like, yeah, imagine could, if Berkshire could buy, could buy all of it, mm-hmm. you know, that would really move the needle for them to ever find an acquisition that size that they could buy, yeah, a, you know, a, a company of that kind of like, um, this company has, what's their Could you
1: imagine if that, we did hear that, that Berkshire was going to acquire Starbucks operating profit margins 15 percent
0: well i don't know he might have a real thing against restaurant thing like fast food things or retail concepts something that i don't know and have never heard of but i it is the kind of thing that i mean now it's too the stack's gone up a bit because it's really a four uh, so like let's say it's a 50 billion dollar acquisition not 100 yeah right because 100 this is just a price thing but like if he could buy starbucks for 50 billion or something like that would he do it I think it's very possible. That could be my imagination. It seems like it'd be a good fit about it, but it fits both um, financially in terms of like the results that they have, but also in terms of the product. It's the kind of thing that like he could understand as being fairly, especially because like Peter Lynch talked about this Starbucks, like the category of coffee and the number of coffee drinkers and stuff hasn't really been going up, you know, Buffett, I think really likes industries where you have this really big grower In an industry that isn't really growing that fast, you know? So, like, you know, he, like, his kind of growth company is Geico, Mm -hmm. which from the time he first found it, actually people had already, like, gotten the car insurance. Like, but you know, the the growth phase for car insurance was 20 years before Buffett even first bought into Geico, when everyone first needed a car policy. Mm -hmm. By, like, 15 years after Buffett bought Geico as, like, a, a student or whatever, basically the penetration rates of car insurance were what they were going to be. Like there were somewhat more drivers over time, but basically as a percent of the population, it was out there. So it wasn't like a growth industry, but Geico had a low cost position. So it was a growth company for a long time. Starbucks has been a growth company without being in a growth industry. It just Mm -hmm. takes share from smaller operators and things, you know? And I think that's his kind of growth company. Like, um, he's not attracted to the new technology that we can, that you can, uh, the market will grow so much. He's attracted to the um, the business that can take a lot of share in like an old established industry.
1: Yeah, they are multiple double over the past year, basically. Yeah,
0: it's typical of like, um, I mean, this is gonna be a problem when we go through any of these Buffett business things, in the 2000 I'm sure he would have liked to buy things but around 2000 every business that might be a business he'd like to own you know his kind of idea of like a coke a Gillette or whatever they all went to those crazy prices yeah and it's kind of the same thing now um when there's a speculative boom for whatever reason it's not just the speculative stuff that goes up it's also the highest quality stuff gets this huge p multiple re-rating um yeah so I think I think Starbucks
1: would be one so if you just had to I guess like give a list Mm-hmm. of certain you know things that he would look for. What do you think it would be? PE less than I think market dominance is one of the biggest ones. Uh-huh. So I think it has
0: to be a market he understands. I think it has to be a market that's fairly predictable and established and then he'd like to buy a dominant company in it. Now it could be dominant in its niche or dominant totally. So I've mentioned before companies like I don't think you'd buy Booking because I think it's just not the kind of there's too much change and whatever. Yeah. But of companies we've mentioned before, Booking, Luxottica, Copart, I could totally see him buying Copart or Luxottica.
1: Um, yeah, Copart seems like his type of business. Yeah. Twenty-six billion.
0: Yeah, but again, the multiple. Look at is that to sales. I
1: was gonna say they only do two point two billion. Hell. EBD sales about 12 times.
0: Yeah, the multiple is the problem. Yeah, it's just out of control. Um, but I could see him buying things like that with a lot of market power. We talk about bargaining power, market power. Yeah. Uh-huh. So things that have network effects and stuff like that. But like when I mentioned Luxotica, uh, I asked now, it combines a lot of things that Buffett would look for. And I think fundamentally the idea of like glasses and sunglasses is simple enough to be the kind of thing that he'd be interested in. And yet... The idea of staying much power, power everything they have in terms of the brands that they have, the retail things that they have, all of that. That's the kind of thing that I could see him um, buying. He hasn't bought, um, I mean, he hasn't, yeah, he's never bought like sports type things. And there's always been a fairly low amount in like entertainment type stuff, I'd say, compared to what some people might expect. So if you look at what usually appeals to Buffett, that would show up on a screener, but he hasn't bought. I think it's in entertainment and gambling and stuff like that is the things that for moral issues for gambling. It might. I feel like I feel like Munger would never want him to invest in that. For gambling, it might be moral. Um, Yeah. But even something like Walt Disney, he sold out of Walt Disney after um, he took, you know, in the Cap Cities deal, Mm -hmm. he chose not to stay in. Now it's a different company today. Totally. Yeah. But, you know, he did buy into Walt Disney. He bought 5% of the company or whatever in his partnership years. Um, but he has seemed kind of low on the, um, entertainment of any kind, whether it's sports, whether it's in-person entertainment stuff, um, music, uh, gambling, any of that kind He's of stuff. He's got an interest in a minor league team, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, because they often have the features that are the same as what you'd expect for, uh, you know, like a by yeah. the financial numbers mm-hmm. of a Buffett type company. And yet he hasn't really owned them some of it might be size issues. Some of the very biggest ones don't seem cheap. Um, I was just reading something where he talked about, um, telecom. So apparently, um, Glenn Greenberg of, um, what's he now? Brave warrior. Oh, it's called chieftain capital, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, so whatever it's called after the split up and stuff. Um, uh, was talking about how he talked to Buffett a little bit one time and he wanted to talk to him about telecom because that was his big thing it was cable stocks okay. that he was really interested in and he knew that um, Berkshire had been invested in Washington Post which had cable assets and all of those sorts of things um, and Buffett didn't like them because they didn't produce a lot of free cash flow so the uh, cable companies yeah well Greenberg's idea was that eventually they would um stop building out as fast and everything and then they would have a lot of free cash like Mm -hmm. they do now in many cases but it was true that they didn't at the time and um so it does seem like buffett is very biased towards things that are already producing a lot of free cash Mm -hmm. and not that might later um if we went i think at this point like the cruise companies are producing it but it is true like railroads he want he they were producing a lot of free cash flow when he's buying into them. So it might be one of his biases is towards actual free cash flow generation rather than just a lot of growth right now. Mm-hmm. But all the things we mentioned, I think fall into that category.
1: Well, I wonder if that also comes from if he's trying to like buy the entire companies, you know, yeah. just take the cash it it produces yeah. and be able to take it out of the business. But no, I I So what ones have you that. heard
0: of before as Buffett, possible Buffett targets?
1: Um, Starbucks would make a lot of sense to me. Okay um hmm. but he doesn't really like
0: i mean he owns some mcdonald's at one time
1: but then he, he hasn't i'm owned. surprised he that's another one i was telling you before we recorded this earlier that i was surprised he like has not owned mcdonald's i mean yeah. he eats it every single day <laughs> that seems like his type right. of company like and, where if it were to get cheap that he would be very interested in it
0: yeah and i know that he knows that lou simpson
1: was like obsessed with nike like that was his favorite, favorite stock all the time. Yeah. That's another one that it would be surprising. It has been surprising to me that he never, and we know he's definitely not. I mean, what about Under Armour? Under Armour got super cheap, but they had a lot of issues going on there. Right. Uh,
0: Yeah. They, um, I told you though, McDonald's was the biggest surprise to me to ever be something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like McDonald's is a good example because such a big company, um, that that could show up. Um, even at half the price, it would still be a really big company. And you would think that that might include some uh, include uh, be included in the kind of stuff that mm-hmm. Berkshire would consider. Um, if that documentary is to be believed, he goes to McDonald's quite a bit. Yeah. He did say
1: that it was kind of exaggerated though. Right. <laughs> uh, another one that I thought like Omnicom, but well, maybe it's just not that big. I don't know. But I mean, that just seems be, like a typical, yeah. I mean, historically he definitely was Really big in advertising because he made a lot, so yeah. No doubt, he. That's do like an that. industry that he was always involved with. But in the, past. the
0: industry isn't as good as it was before. It's kind of like saying, would he buy TV stations? Would he buy whatever? You know, yes, he bought them before, but I think now he doesn't like them as much. um Yeah. So on the numbers, for the most part, it had been up until very recently. I would say it was a buffet business, but it has gone down to the point now where the revenue growth is so close to nothing that other than like IBM, he doesn't buy businesses that have like no growth, mm-hmm. you know? Um, he buys businesses that have some positive growth that's like nominal GDP or better. Um, but now, the capital allocation
1: is very important.
0: Yeah, capital allocation is very important. And it, if it's very cheap, then you might buy it. And so, um, I mean, if they were gonna sell the entire company to him, do I think he might take a $10 billion offer to buy all of Omnicom? I mean, that might be possible. He knows advertising and, like, that industry and stuff very well. He'd been investing in it for 40 years. So I could see that if you do, you then can control the capital allocation. Yeah, I could see that. Mm. But obviously, as a stock, it's really small for them to buy. I mean, for, like, Buffett, right, he could only put half a billion dollars into it or something before he'd have to report. Yeah, um, yeah, that's tough. Nothing. For his stock portfolio, that's really tough. He does have that problem with mm. the stock portfolio that he only can buy very big companies. Yeah.
1: Got it. Cool. want to thank everybody so much for tuning in with Jeff and I today on the Focus Compounding Podcast. If you have not signed up for the app yet and you want to get access to our podcast backlog, 250 plus episodes, and also access to our premium episode that get, that gets uploaded on the weekend, go to focuscompone.com slash app, and then you could download the app in the iOS or Android store, punch in your username and password, and you'll get access to all of that. I'll thank everybody so much for tuning in with both of us. Thank you so much for all the support, and we will see you in the next podcast.